She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. I am your host, Christina Franci, and we are doing a part two segment with Kara D. Armand, uh, who is a speech pathologist from TikTok Therapy, which helps children with speech, feeding, occupational, and myofunctional therapy, and is located in Henderson, Nevada. If you missed our first segment, we talked all about picky eaters and how to cope with that. And in this segment, we will be talking about speech therapy for our children. And for the people who missed the first segment about your background, can you please go in and let the audience know kind of what your background is? Hi, yeah. Uh, I am a certified speech and language pathologist. I have a master's degree. Uh, I work with pediatrics um, from like six months up until we treat into like 21 years old. So we see a wide range of ages um, of kids for uh, speech and feeding like we talked about before. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk about speech therapy because my son also did speech therapy as well. And so I think the first thing is what makes a child a candidate for speech therapy? Um, so we look at a lot of different uh, factors and components. Um, so uh, if there's a speech delay, um, so if they're not hitting certain milestones, um, we look at that, but we also look at it from, you know, a medical standpoint. Sometimes, um, is there a diagnosis? Um, if we know specific medical diagnoses, uh, maybe we start therapy a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just depends on the child and, um, why they're um, seeking an evaluation or an assessment. Um, so we try to get like the full case history of, uh, the child, Okay, so let's say like a child is one years old or one and a half. Like what would be an indicator for a, a, a new mom that their child is maybe delayed? Yeah, so we look for precursory skills um, to language. So um, how are they communicating with us non-verbally? Uh, are they making... Uh, eye contact with us? Are they starting to gesture, point to things, um, point to pictures in books, um, showing understanding of following, you know, simple questions and directions, um, things like that, um, asking and um, observing the child to see if they're able to do um, those things. So there's, uh, within each, like, six months or so, zero to three months, three to six months, on, you know, there's these milestones of um, what children are expected to be doing by that age. Um, and so we, in the evaluation process, we, you know, get parent report, um, we observe the child and see if they're able to do those uh, milestones. Um, and then we're listening um, to their verbal expression too. Um, are they imitating consonant and vowel sounds? Are they- What age should they be doing that at? 
Um, you start imitating sounds early on, like vowel sounds start early. Um, and then are they starting to babble? Are they putting those vowels and consonant sounds together? Um, yeah, it starts pretty early by 12 months old. Um, you know, we're starting to have our first words, uh, so to label things. And then we're looking, yeah, are they using communication functionally? Are they um, just labeling things or are they requesting things? Mm -hmm. um, how are they communicating? Are, are they turn-taking? Um, how are their play skills too? Um, we look at all of that kind of stuff. It, it, it's a whole scope of things, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to like, what, what, what do you look at in terms of like the playing skills? Yeah, so our, you know, at certain ages, there's milestones for play too. You know, we have a uh, milestone of parallel play. So are they sitting next to you just playing? And then are they playing jointly with you? Or are you playing with the same toy, but they're not interacting with um, the communication partner or whoever is um, playing with them. So a lot of those uh, skills we're looking at, um, because those, like I said, those are precursory kind of skills to language. We have to build this um, foundation and understanding of objects and things in our environment. And we do that, a lot of that through playing. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on what a speech evaluation would look like? Yeah, so um, you typically get a referral from your pediatrician. Okay. Um, sometimes parents self-refer, but um, when you come in, um, we, depending on the kid's age, will decide um, if they need a standardized assessment or not. Um, so what is that? What's a... So a standardized assessment is... Um, an assessment that's um, normed by other kids um, and gives us a standard score um, to determine if there's a deficit or not. So um, typically uh, average scores are between 85 and oh, you're kind of cutting out a little less bit. than that. Can you repeat it one more time just because um, the repeated out a standard. little bit. Average score. Oh, just repeat yeah, the so average, average score. When you take it, when you give an ass, a standardized assessment, you um, score it, and an average score is between 85 and 100. Okay. Um, so anything less than 85 um, is considered a deficit. Um, and so that's when, but sometimes children have a hard time attending to those standardized assessments. Um, so then we do informal assessments where we're assessing through play or parent interview. Um, mm -hmm. And also I want to mention, it's not just language we're looking at too. We're listening for speech and are they able to um, make the different sounds? Um, are they Oh, you kind of cut out. Hold on. Oh, you're back on. Okay. It's saying my AirPods are connecting, but I don't have them. I'm like. Oh, I hate when that happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um. So yeah, we're looking at speech and the speech sounds and um, can they move their lips and their tongue um, to create these speech sounds? Um, so 
it's not just speech and we're looking at vocal quality and a lot of different aspects in a, you know, speech and language assessment. How do you get a kid to like do those things? Like, can you make these different pitches? Huh? What? How do you get like a child to like do those things to like see them? How are you evaluating them? Are you like repeat after me, you know, or yeah, like I, I'm seeing if they can imitate me. I'm mm-hmm. seeing if they can follow, you know, put the cow on top of the barn, seeing if they understand that language um, as we're playing, if they can't um, participate in those standardized assessments. Um, can they, you know, discriminate between something that is big and something that is small? Can you give me the big ball or can you get me the small ball? Um, can you stomp your feet? Um, you know, identifying body parts or clothing on themselves, how objects are used. We look at, um, all of those kinds of things too. So what they can understand. Like what age should a child be able to identify, let's say the body part? Um, by 12 months, they should be identifying like two body parts on themselves. Okay. Yeah. And, and then they start to expand and then they can identify body parts on dolls and stuff like that too. But first it's like at 12 months, two body parts. on oh, themselves. Okay. And then how do you help support new parents or old parents, you know, with home, with at-home speech therapy? Um, I uh, encourage, you know, sitting and playing. I encourage uh, singing and book reading. Um, Songs and books have a lot of repetitive um, language and verses. Um, So, uh, you know, just a lot of auditory bombardment. You're narrating a lot, but I also um, tell parents to be okay with silence sometimes because a lot of times we're narrating and we're talking and we're filling the space with our own language and we're not giving the child any space to communicate back to us too. So sometimes um, we have to be okay with the silence too. And um, try to encourage. And then if they're not responding to us, then we can model the language again um, for them. So um, just, yeah, playing books. I love all those things. iPad, if um, the parent is sitting there with them and, you know, interacting with iPad too. Sometimes, yeah, they can play with the iPad independently and have fun and whatever, but I also mm-hmm. think you can make it into a play moment and, uh, you know, kind of like teaching moment where you're interacting with the iPad too. Cause some kids do, they attend better to the iPads now, but, you know, making it interactive too. Yeah. Um, I also do want to say as someone who had their child in speech therapy, and when I got like my first evaluation back, I was like, oh my God, I I felt really like devastated. And for parents that do experience that, I just want you to know that like, they will eventually end up talking. Like, you know, my son Cole has made like huge strides in his speech and, you know, they will get there, you know, you know, if there's not like a medical issue. Um, And sometimes like, I feel like boys, and I'll tell me if I'm wrong, do tend to like develop a little bit more slowly than girls. Yeah. Boys do tend to develop. That is um, true. So, but yeah, in 
we, I always like to tell parents too, because they're like, how long is this going to take? When is my, when is he, you know, when is he going to start talking? When is she going to start talking? Like, um, and I always, you know, do, and then they, you know, come to, con- uh, with concerns of autism or some other intellectual disability. And I always like to tell them like, let's give the kiddo six months of therapy, you know, see what kind of progress they can make. And then maybe we start talking about other, um, referrals if, needed. Um, but I always like, let's give the kids some time. Sometimes it is a delay, but sometimes it is a true, you know, language disorder. Um, so yeah, we just, I like to give it time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we want our kids to like grow up so fast these days. And sometimes we just need to let them be kids, figure it out. And they all develop and have their own strengths, you know, like, you know, they may be running and walking at, you know, nine months like my kid was, but, you know, maybe a little bit slower to talk, you know, but it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your yeah. child. You I know? always liked to find strengths in the kids and that's what we, you know, work mm-hmm. on of is those strengths that they have. Yeah, no, they do. And, you know, it's not a one size fits all thing. And that's what makes us special and, and unique is you know, the different strengths that we have and, you know, and overcome like, you know, the things that are maybe like lacking in us, but doesn't mean that, you know, our child isn't capable of achieving the things that we want them to achieve. Right. Yeah. And then in the case that, you know, the child is, um, I like to say now like pre-verbal instead of non-verbal, it's something that I've heard, um, said around the, um, SLP community now is saying pre-verbal instead of non-verbal um, because they always have the you know they can become verbal that is our that is our goal always and we can give them you know alternate means of communication too if need me you know there's different devices that kids can use now that help them communicate their wants and needs um, to friends and family and whoever that they want to communicate with. Um, so it's just a, you know, speech and language pathology is like such a huge scope of what we treat and look at and like so many different aspects to it. So, oh yeah, I'm sure we can yeah. talk for hours, about, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the different things, but you know, we only have so much time, you know, you know, and going kind of back and talking about, you know, getting the child to communicate back, like what kind of options do you use in the therapy? Like, for example, do you do like sign language? Do you do cued speech, um, auditorial, verbal? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, um, we, you know, gestures are a precursory skill to language. So um, teaching kids to point um, to discriminate pictures and books or between objects that we're playing with, um, pointing to request um, something that we want um, given a choice, um, signing for more or all done um, to communicate, asking for milk. So yeah, we, we teach gestures along with the verbal communication. Um, Perfect. Um, So um, at the end of each episode, you know, I do ask all four questions and we asked the first two in the previous question, in the previous interview, excuse me. Um, So the next 
two I have for you is what's the essential part of your daily routine? Coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check. I'm like, <laughs> I have to have my coffee every morning. I only have one cup, but I have a cup of coffee with my nut pods. I love yeah. it. Wait, how do you like your coffee? Um, I, I do French press. And so too, yeah, I, a hot cup of French press. Yeah. I do French press. And then I like to have oat milk. I feel like oat milk is so much better in coffee than milk. I, I do nut pods. I think it's almond and coconut. I don't know. They have good flavors. Oh, nice. I should try to have a little frother. So sometimes I make it (laughs) frothy. Yeah, I know. I have a frother too, but I like never use it. I'm just too lazy. I'm like, just yeah, it's like off hand, French press it. Yeah, gotta drink that coffee while it's hot too. Otherwise, <laughs> which doesn't happen often. Um, like, okay. Oh no, where'd that coffee go? Now it's cold. Yeah, I know. I'm sticking in the microwave. Like I have to have that, you know, at least two cups a day. Yeah. You know, three is my bonus. You know, I don't know how healthy it is, but. <laughs> Okay. And then, so the last question is best advice you've ever received. Um, just be happy with, you know, what you have. Um, I, uh, you know, yeah, be happy with what you have and, you know, relish in, you know, the, the people that are around you. So yeah. Yeah, and that's just, good. Be just present being in aware the moment. In, in the moment. Yeah. 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 No, I totally agree. Um, I was talking with that with someone the other day and sometimes we can get so caught up in all of the moving parts of our lives. Like we forget to just sit back and just be in the moment and enjoy like the time with our kids instead of like yeah. fidgeting on our phones, you know, right. or I know I got yelled at the other day by my almost eight-year-old get off your phone mom I'm like oh yes sorry yeah no my my three and a half year old's like no phone yeah I'm like okay like I'm like the one that's like here you want your iPad he's like no iPad like you know so he's he's definitely he's my my little lover um (laughs) but (laughs) Kara thank you so much for coming on and taking time to let the audience kind of in on some information about what they can do for the speech therapy. I will leave, um, if you are in the Henderson, Nevada area, I will leave the link for the TikTok therapy if you want to go there. It's a great facility. I have been there myself personally. And um, do you have any last words before we go? Yeah, we're just, you know, we're here in Henderson if you need us. Perfect. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much. And if you missed the first episode about picky eating, go check that out and we will see you in the next one. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, no problem. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one.